Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode 199, and it's a bonus episode. So we wanted to share with you guys our experience back at Disney, first as locals, but then second, just as being the first time back in a very long time since the parks have closed. And it was a great day, I think, for a lot of different reasons. I think it was a great day for me personally, because it kind of gave us that sense of normalcy that we had been missing. And I know that sounds silly, but it did give us kind of that picture into what we had been hoping for moving down here to Florida, you know, just with being able to go to the parks and being so close, you know, it was something that we commented on several times today. It's just, you know, this is in our backyard, kind of, but we're so close and it was exciting to just be able to wake up, drive there, drive back home at the end of the day and it gave us a good, hopefully, window into what it'll be like forever. Yeah. So before we get into the actual details of what we accomplished today, wanted to also point out that we are going to be guests on the WDW Opinion podcast with our friend Connor Brown, who I know many of you are familiar with. Connor was a guest on our show uh, a while ago. I don't <laughs> remember the number, but you can search for it in the search bar if you want to listen to it. But Connor has graciously invited us to go join him to talk about our experience of going back to the parks as well. So be looking for that within the next couple days, I would say. Make sure you're subscribed over there to WDW Opinion and you can hear our lovely voices again. Oh, yes. You can never get enough. <laughs> so I think the way that we're going to break this down is... First and foremost, we want to talk about safety, because I think that's the biggest thing on everybody's mind of what it's like going back to the parks nowadays. Then we're going to talk about characters. Then we're going to talk about what we accomplished today and then just our final tips or final thoughts as to how Disney World is shaping up for an experience right now. So safety. Uh, we were asked pretty early in the day by a friend on if we felt mostly safe, somewhat safe, or not safe. I think if you put it on a scale of 1 to 10, I was probably consistently around a 7.5 or an 8. That's the exact number I had in my head, too. I think there were moments that were better, and there were moments that were worse. But overall, I would say I felt mostly safe. Our expectation or the our own parameters that we put on ourselves for this were that we were not going to ride attractions where we have to touch things for example because that's kind of big for example um like space ranger spin like any kind of little gun or anything that you would have to hold in your hand like a dumbo for example if you want to go up you have to you know, hold the joystick we weren't going to do that we went back and forth on something like space mountain where there's a lot more contact between you and the ride vehicle. We did end up riding it. We went like right after cleaning time. So, so I we'll talk about that. So I think that helped. And we'll talk about that of, of how you can try to schedule that out. If, if that's something that you're interested in. And then we never entered into any of the no mask zones. Personally, just me personally, I think those are kind of silly. I think that really the only time you should take your mask off is when you're eating or drinking. But I do understand, you know, for different reasons, someone might want to go into a no mask zone. But it was never even really a discussion that we had. We just knew that we weren't going to go into them. Yeah, I agree. So so, so we can't really comment on those because I don't even know how well people were spaced out in there or whatnot. Um, so let's start with Disney's procedures. Mm hmm. On things. So, of course, every guest has to be wearing a mask. We didn't see anything uh, firsthand about the gator style mask. And those are the ones that kind of hang down on your neck. Disney's rules specifically say that your mask has to have an ear loop. So we heard that during cast member previews, 
that gator masks were being turned away and they were making you buy one of their Disney masks Mm -hmm. that have the loops. We both wore regular masks, but we got the ones that you can put the filters inside of. And I think that was an excellent idea. It just, again, it was something that we kind of decided last minute just as an extra way to kind of make ourselves just feel safer. Um, Not that we ever felt unsafe by any means, because for the most part, everyone was wearing their mask. You know, we had talked about before when we went to Disney Springs, like sometimes you would see people just like walk around without their mask because they were holding a drink. I don't think I ever saw that in the parks. I think everyone was very respectful of the rules. Um, I know like if you have little kids, you might be wondering about that. I honestly didn't see many little kids because I was looking um, just like thinking about our niece and stuff like that. But I didn't see many little kids. Um, and like the only kids I saw that weren't wearing masks were literal infants. <laughs> so that never really like became an issue or was something that I saw. Yeah. And then everywhere else throughout the parks, pretty much everywhere that you went into, there were directions on how you should be standing. The only place I would say that was not apparent was the Emporium. There weren't like directional lines or anything. Mm -hmm. There were for checkout, of course. But as you were perusing inside, there weren't. I would honestly say that would be one of my biggest takeaways. I'm probably not going to go into the Emporium anytime soon again. (laughs) The only reason we even went in there, to be honest, was because we were waiting for Mickey Mouse to come back out. (laughs) And we needed some shade and some AC. Yeah. So I would agree. If if you are trying to really avoid crowds, shops are probably not the best place just because it is a little more free form than anything else. Then it's more on the other guests and not as much on Disney and the procedures that they've put in place. And that's, I think where you get, I think that's going to be the theme through this. That's where you get a little squirrely. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Disney has very well thought out procedures. I mean, they have lines everywhere. They even have arrows in some places. Like when we were getting back on the ferry boats, they have arrows everywhere trying to just keep people kind of in your lane. So their procedures and kind of their expectations were very upfront. You know, they have signs everywhere. They would have um, announcements come over every so often, just reminding you kind of, you know, what you should be doing and how you should acting, be acting. But Again, everything I think was very smooth in that sense. Entry process, I know, has been another big talking point. So we parked at the TTC. Of course, they have security on TTC property so that when you get to Magic Kingdom, you don't have to go through it there. And for the most part, I think it went very smoothly. Their temperature checks went very quickly. Yeah, very much like. Disney Springs or if you go if you've been to Universal from what we've seen it's probably the exact same yep so Advent Health is running them uh, stand with your party they shoot the temperature at your forehead take your hat off if you have one they were they did say something that I had not heard at Disney Springs that if you have hair on your forehead to move it which probably I mean it makes sense like if you were to have bangs or you know like super swooshy hair or something people still have swooshy hair I don't know. (laughs) The one thing I will say about the entry process is that if you bring a bag, so this impacted me um, because they're trying not to touch your bag. You have to empty out the entire contents of your bag into one of those little bins, like what you would see at like an airport, you know, to put like your things in. And I don't want to say that was annoying But it was kind of excessive. Luckily, I didn't pack much. So that would maybe just be like a warning to any of you out there who are going. I would go as minimal as possible because you have to take everything out. They look through it all. You have to, you know, they have to look in your bag and then you have to repack your bag, which was probably if it was like me, very meticulously packed. Everything had a spot and then it did not. A couple of things. I do want to say that was not the normal procedure. That's just what happened to us because they ran out of the plastic bags. They were supposed to be handing you a plastic bag where you put all of your electronics and your metal stuff in one thing. And that's what you 
put off to the side that they look through uh-huh. in one cohesive plastic bag and you would carry the rest of your bag through with you so that you wouldn't have to do that entire dump out process. Well, I then just in case I run out of bags again, I would pack as light as possible. Or just pack all of your electronics in one like gallon grocery bag. You could try it. Either way. Either way. You, you seem a little salty about <laughs> having to unpack your it, entire bag. It's a lot. And I can only imagine, like, what if we had kids? What if I had come prepared for something crazy? I don't know. People bring a lot of stuff to well, Disney, I, Brendan. People did, bring a lot of stuff. I did think that if I had my camera bag, it would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Just with my little backpack. It felt like a nightmare. But anywho. We're not complaining, though, Catherine. Not, we're was a, not it complaining. Was a, it was a helpful tip for any other people out there bringing bags. And it adds safety. Adds safety. Which exactly. is the number one goal. Number one goal. Uh, anything else? The entry process. The other thing I thought was kind of interesting is that they didn't check our IDs like they said they would. Not that I would bring your ID because you should definitely bring it anyway. But I think they were... Definitely trying to get people through quickly. So it was very fast. We didn't have to wait at all to go through the normal turnstile area. And then to get from the TTC to Magic Kingdom, they were running the monorail, the ferry boat and buses. Mm-hmm. And the buses were rapid fire. That's, it was suggested by the people standing there, the workers that we take the bus. And at first you're kind of like, eh, do I really want to? That's another good tip. If there is a bus, take the bus. And the buses are very well socially distanced. They have all kinds of partitions up. Numbers, depending on um, the size of your family, they assign you a number. Yeah. Um, Crowd levels. So all day long, we kept commenting on how empty everything was. Mm -hmm. And the only places where it got crowded, I think, were in the gift shops. I think just Main Street in general, because they're, you know, people want to see the castle. People want to take pictures up towards the train station. That's where you could see some characters. So I think just that area in general is just pretty crowded. Um, But I would agree that was where you saw the most people and where it kind of felt the most, I guess, traditional Disney. But the farther out you went, I mean, when we walked through Tomorrowland, it felt like we were the only people in Tomorrowland. Well, in Storybook Circus, I counted there were three other people in the entire land with us, not counting cast members and not counting people that were in line for the Barnstormer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dumbo, I saw on Twitter, was repeatedly running with like one or two people on the entire ride. Mm-hmm. So I think just certain parts of the park are just somewhat deserted. Um, which isn't a bad thing. We actually heard um, a guest in front of us asking one of the ferry boat workers kind of how many people they thought were there and if a normal day at the park would be similar to this pass holder preview. And he said it'd be pretty similar, which is a good sign. He said, now, of course, don't quote this or telling you, I don't know. It's not an official number because, of course, they don't release official numbers. But didn't he say they were thinking they were going to cap it at like five Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Well, <laughs> in my mind, I heard five, which sounded really low. But 15, I think fifteen thousand—that's still really low yeah. compared to like a normal day. So, of course, that's not an official number or anything. But that is—we heard someone asking that question. I yeah, I don't even know if I believe the ferry boat operator. To be honest, it, those Where guys he- have some seniority, Brendan. They probably know people. Yeah. You got to think about that. And the people that they know probably don't know anything either. Well, that's why I said don't quote us. You're going to get us in trouble. I will not. So crowd levels otherwise in the queues themselves, it was not bad at all. The longest ride, the longest posted time that we waited for was 30 minutes. And it was not 30 minutes. Big Thunder Mountain said it was 30. I'd say it was probably closer to 15 Seven George Mine Train said it was 25. We did have to take a break for cleaning. So that one maybe was accurate. Um, but other than that, 
the cues look really long, but they're not at all. We'll have some more tips on that at the very end. But I'd say, you know, most people were in a queue for the majority of the time. And when you were just walking around, there wasn't a lot of people dodging that you had to do. Now, there is always the issue is I'm a pretty fast walker. That's not like a brag. That's just a, <laughs> that's just <Humble> how brag. <laughs> that's just how I do it. And I kept having to restrain myself from trying to pass people because I didn't want to get right next to them like I normally would on a normal park day. I did find myself being very just aware of the other families around you because some families are more aware than others, you know, especially if they do have kids or anything with you. So even just like unloading rides and things like that, I would try to just guess, like, are they going to go in front of me? You know, are they going to rush off or are they going to let me go first kind of thing? Um, But cues, I think, you know, were run very well. And the one thing that I noticed in a lot of them, too, where if they if you did have to snake past them and they couldn't, you know, space people out, they would put up plexiglass so that you weren't near the other family on the other side of the queue, if that makes sense. Well, and the other thing that I think was also good on those snake situations was that you would be offset mm-hmm. from. So you'd not even not only be six feet away from the pe- the party in front of you and the party behind you. But also people who are in other parts of the queues that are wrapped back around your area. So it was kind of like a six foot radius at all times. So sometimes there would be 10, 15 feet in between you and the party directly in front of you. But the reason was because there was another family six to eight feet away horizontally. Mm -hmm. So I think that was pretty smart. I, I didn't think about that before we went but like the splash mountain queue that was very apparent as to how they were setting things up like that yeah the one that stood out to me the most was big thunder mountain that they did a good job there so speaking of cues and speaking of kind of these common areas guest behavior i'd say 95 percent of the guests that we saw had good behavior today and really by quote unquote, good behavior, what we mean where they were just very aware, I guess, of the surroundings and the markers and everything. The really the one time that we didn't see it maybe upheld so well was with a bigger party. And I can imagine that that's hard because I think when they put those lines down, they didn't necessarily take into account that there were going to be some big parties. I mean, I think there were six people in that party maybe. And I think it's just hard for you to stay on your line. So they would kind of inch up a little bit. Luckily we were behind them, so it didn't affect us at all. But for the most part, everyone stayed on their line and kind of like what I was saying, everyone was kind of aware, even in like the bathrooms and stuff, like when you would walk in and out, people would stay to like one side or the other. Or if someone else was washing their hands, like they wouldn't get in the sink, like right next to you, you know, they would spread themselves out a little bit. I'm surprised you saw other people in the bathroom. I think out of every time that I went, there's only another person in there like once the entire day. Girls bathrooms are usually a little busier and it wasn't even busy by any means. Like even the popular Rapunzel bathroom, almost completely empty. So when I say other people in there, I mean like two or three other people. I will say, here's one of my complaints. Okay. I didn't think about this until now, but during the day, it was a complaint is that there were not automatic paper towel dispensers in the bathrooms. There were in the Rapunzel bathrooms. Nope. For girls, there were. Not for men. Hmm. At least in, at least I didn't find it. But, you know, the, the hand crank was necessary to get them out. And again, it's like, I just washed my hands. I'm assuming that everybody else who's touched this has just washed their hands. You hand. didn't do the elbow? That's very difficult to do. I always do the elbow. But I guess that's just, that was my only thing. But there were no air dryers. Yeah. I, if there's been nothing good to come out of COVID-19 and the pandemic, nothing at all. But 
if there's one shining light, it's that air dryers will hopefully die forever. <laughs> Why anybody save the environment Brendan. thought that was a good idea? And no, it was a save the money. I'm gonna go with save the environment for for two hundred. Final answer. That's my old man yells at cloud <laughs> moment for this episode. <laughs> That I, if I never have to use an air dryer again, it'll be too soon. Okay. Well, now we know. Yeah, they're bad, bad news. So to get this train back on track, talking about guest behavior, we can kind of tie eating into that because I think that is something that brings up a lot of questions with people too. Like, is it safe or are we going to be too crowded? Anytime that we decided to sit down and eat again, we were completely alone and abandoned. And I mean, that made us feel better about taking our masks off. And I'm sure it would make anyone else feel better too. Um, And every time we did sit down to eat anything, there were like immediately workers, cast members there to clean up right after us, clean up right before us, like constantly just walking around spraying things. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the cast members were on top of it. Because we sat down to eat twice and both times, as soon as we got up, before we had even left that immediate area, they were wiping down our table. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't in a way where they were rushing us or anything. It was just. They were they just were, there and ready. They were there. They were ready. And as soon, you know, before another family could sit down, which nobody was because they were both deserted areas, then it was cleaned off and it was ready to go. And that made me feel a lot better knowing that. If you chose a random table, there's a high probability that it had been cleaned. Mm -hmm. They were even scrubbing like the columns of the Christmas shop. uh, Like. Just like the outside columns. Like the facade. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, okay, you do you. Just in case someone like leaned up against it, I guess. But I, I thought that was good. And. I, both of those cast members who were cleaning were like singing along with the music and that yeah, just so made friendly, me friendly. So happy. Um, cleaning on rides. Um, I think it's one of those things that it depends on how much you trust what Disney says that they're doing. Mm-hmm. I happen to think that they are upholding what they said they were going to do. So our understanding as it is, is that, of course, you're you're being separated. You're never sitting next to another party. Mm-hmm. At least once per hour, the ride is completely shut down and they clean it top to bottom, all of the ride vehicles. And we had this happen to us twice, once on Haunted Mansion and once on Seven Doors Mine Train, where... We know that it shut down and they ran empty cars on Seven Dwarves for 15 or 20 minutes to get them all cleaned up and ready to go again. Now, are they cleaning between directly in between you and the party who just got off? No. No. Do I wish they were? I think in a perfect world, yes. But then you're you're going to wait an hour. Mm-hmm. To ride if that's what they're doing. So, again, it kind of comes back to that social contract of are the people in front of you not touching their face? Are the people in front of you only touching the things that are necessary to get in and out of the ride vehicle? And I think for the most part, it felt pretty good. If you don't want to deal with that, here are my suggestions. Haunted Mansion, great option. You don't have to touch anything. Ghost host lowers the bar for you and lifts it back up. <laughs> Same with Peter Pan. And that's That was my other one. Peter Pan as well. The pixie dust picks it up and lowers it. The other ones, you know, like Winnie the Pooh. You had to pull it down and then it releases at the end of the ride. And I knew that I touched it as minimally as possible. I pulled it down. I kept that hand. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't touch anything else with that hand. And then as soon as we got off, I used hand sanitizer. We went and washed our hands. Um, so I don't think any of the rides were that 
bad. I mean, nothing really stood out to me as an issue. No, and like you said, I think Disney is following through with what they've, you know, said that they were going to do because we did experience it twice and it pretty much happened, you know, on the hour, right at the hour. And you recognized it because for the most part, the lines just moved. Like it felt like old school Disney, like before Fast Passes, where it, you really did just constantly move, which is nice too. But, you know, at those points, it did stop. And it was very obvious that that's what they were doing. So that's nice. And, you know, Disney, of course, does a good job of putting hand sanitizer absolutely everywhere. So, again, you're just kind of hoping and trusting that everybody's using it. Yeah. So that, I think, covers safety Mm -hmm. pretty well. If anybody has any specific questions, uh, please shoot them our way and we'll give our honest opinion of it. I think we both went in trying to identify as many issues as we could and we didn't identify many well and mostly just because we wanted to know like what we were getting into or like how often we were going to want to go back you know how safe did we feel and you know for the most part they're definitely cleaning they're definitely very aware of it and i think they're doing absolutely everything they can you know the only things you can't control are the people once they go you know once they go there um, so they're trying to do everything just to make sure that everybody is aware and conscious and cautious, like at all times. We were also looking out Well, you mentioned that you can't control the guests when they come in, but you can to a certain extent. And we were looking to see if there's anybody with the mask off to see if a cast member would tell them to put it back on. And we never saw anybody with their mask off. So we never even had that opportunity. Yeah, I can't. Well, I take that back. Right when we walked in, the two teenagers. <gasps> taking they were they're taking selfies they were taking selfies and taking their masks in front of the castle so we did have like an eye roll moment with them but don't be those people let's all make a social pact that if someone posts a picture a recent picture from the parks without their mask on don't like it yeah just like give them an eye roll emoji (laughs) no don't even give them any engagement block them oh my goodness no no, no, block and report it Now let's talk about characters because this is something that we were excited for. Um, It's not the same, you know, meet and greet kind of thing that we're used to, but we were excited just to see what they did and just who would come out and who you'd get to see. Um, Bright and early, as soon as we got there, we saw the, um, the cart, the The trolley, the trolley pulled (laughs) by the horse. And we saw Eeyore, Rabbit, and is it Piglet? Yeah. And Piglet. So that was exciting because I don't think I've ever seen Rabbit before. I love Rabbit. I we he was out and meeting and Mickey's Halloween party when we went to Disneyland in 2018. Mm. And we didn't get to meet him. I've been distraught over it ever since. I still need to meet him yeah. face to face. But Rabbit seeing him was amazing. We saw him twice. And I think because the characters aren't actually meeting and greeting, they they do come out, I would say, fairly frequently. And I don't know if they do have some kind of schedule. We didn't like study, you know, how often they came out or in what order or anything. But they came out frequently enough where it's not like a hide and seek kind of thing. Like if you really want to see some of these characters, all you have to do is kind of hang around for a little while and you are sure to see them listen for music when the music changes that's when the characters are coming uh-huh so you mentioned the hundred acre woods trolley other the rest of them were floats pretty much they brought tinkerbell's float and i think that's a boo to you float but i could be wrong Ooh, i don't know it's the big treasure chest that tinkerbell sits on it might just be from Festival of Fantasy. Yeah. Maybe so. So Tinkerbell comes out. Um, she's by herself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're playing Peter Pan, Follow the Leader, all kinds of music like that. I thought the coolest one was the Princess Calvacade. Mm-hmm. So it was led by Merida. On a horse. On a horse. And she was flirting with Brendan. She did. She liked his red hair. She did. 
Don't we're, know how I feel about that. We're an item now. Who else? Ariel winked at you too. No, Ariel saluted me. Oh, I don't who know winked at who winked at you. I don't know. Uh, Elena of Avalar, I think. Was it? Hmm. I don't know. Brendan got a wink and a nice hair today. I was also wearing a Predators face mask, so maybe they're just big Preds fans. Maybe. Uh, the Princess Cavalcade, led by Merida on the horse, and I'm sorry we don't remember the horse's name, from Brave. Someone please enlighten us. SOS. The rest of the princesses were on their float from Festival of Fantasy. And here's the ones that I can remember. Ariel... Cinderella. I'm trying to go in order so I can remember. We had it had Tiana and Rapunzel. Oh yeah, they were on a. They were on their own float. Belle was on the other side. Did you say Cinderella? The fairy godmother kind of rounded it out. She was at the very top. Elena of Avalar. Ariel. You already said her. And Sleeping Beauty. I'm trying to think. Snow of, White. Snow White. Yes. Maybe she winked at you. Maybe. I'm trying to think. Was Jasmine there? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think Jasmine was there unless she was on the other side. But anyway, Princess Cavalcade. It was really cool. Really cool. And I do think because there's lower crowds, it's not like a festival in the fantasy I, it is not a parade by any means. It's not a parade, so there's not as big of a crowd. And so they're having a lot of interaction with you in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're pointing directly at people. They're not necessarily talking or speaking to you because the music is so loud. But, you know, they're using body language. It's almost like every family they are having some sort of interaction mm-hmm. with. Next would be... I called it the British float. There were some non-British people on it, but uh, it was a lot of British people. Are you talking like Mary Poppins? Yeah. So it was led by Gaston. On a horse. On a horse. And then it was a Mickey Soundstational. Is that what it's called now? I don't Move like it, the part, the party floats. No, it's not sensational. It's move it, shake it, mouse could dance it. But I think they changed the name of it again. You know what I'm talking about. The little dance party that the they have in the floats. hub. Um, on that was Peter Pan and Wendy on the front. Two British people. On the back was. Who? Pooh, Aladdin and Mary Poppins. And then Tigger was falling behind. Yeah. Why did Tigger have to walk the whole way? Because he's he's got too much energy, Brendan. You can't contain Tigger. Mm. So that one was really cool. People are probably bored by this because you can look all this up online. Well, it's exciting to us. Uh, And then last one, which we didn't see in person, but it's another of the Move It, Shake It, Mouse, Dance It. And it had Clarabelle, Mickey... Donald Daisy that that actually is a float. We just saw them at the train station and said, and then one more and then that's it. Goofy Max Panchito Jose. Yeah. And I think Clarabelle's on that one. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we did. So as far as people, I shouldn't say people, as far as characters just kind of being stationed in the park, we saw a couple of those too. We saw some of the country bears Standing up on their balcony. We saw Anastasia and Drizella standing on the back part of the castle. We saw Stitch over in Tomorrowland, um, kind of over where that dance party takes place sometimes. And I think that's all that we saw just kind of out and about. But the coolest part of all of this was every so often, I probably say every 30 minutes, one of those groups of characters that were in a cavalcade together would go up onto the train station and they dance and they'd wave at people and they'd pose and they'd do funny things for 10 minutes or so. And people would stand down, socially distance apart and wave at them, blow kisses to them. Take pictures. Take pictures. And that was... 
like pure joy. Mm -hmm. Everybody there was just so happy to see these characters again. And I don't say it however you want. I like to view it as the characters were so happy to be there too. I think they were. You could tell. I think everyone in general was just elated to be there. Every worker was waving. Of course, you can't see them smiling, but I like to think they were smiling. They're waving. They're saying, hello, welcome back. We missed you. Um, it was exciting. Yeah. So I think that's it for characters. We were we like character meet and greets. That is something that we do. Like when attraction lines get too long, that's something that we will do to pass the time that we enjoy. These cavalcades, I thought, were awesome. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend them. To checking them out, just, you know, set up on Main Street somewhere and you're bound to see all of them. And they were a lot of fun. So as far as other things that we accomplished, let's kind of start from the beginning of our day. So Magic Kingdom opened at nine. This is probably not going to come as a shock to most of you, but we were running late. We had planned out our whole morning. We knew exactly what time we were going to leave. You know, we had it like minute by minute planned out, basically, because we were so excited. And we ended up leaving our house 30 minutes late. Womp womp. So we were kind of bummed about that. but We were like, whatever. It's fine. We ended up only being nine minutes behind schedule, which tells you how quickly everything kind of moved along once everything got going. Um, We ended up getting to the parks. I think we looked at it and it was like 9.09. So I'd say that was pretty good. And then we left around, what do you think, Brendan? Four? 3.45 or four. Okay. So that was just what time we decided we were done and hot and needed to come back home to the dogs. But as far as what we accomplished, I'd say we did everything and probably more than what we had expected. Don't you think? Yeah. So we started with some rides. We started with Splash just because when we first got there, it said it was about, did it say five minutes? No, I don't think so. I think it did. It might have said five minutes. We ended up waiting probably 15 or so, but it was still really fast. So we did Splash right off the bat. We were actually in the first row, which I was kind of upset about, but we didn't get that wet. No. Wasn't bad. No. We did Splash. We did Big Thunder Mountain. So we were trying to knock out that kind of back part of Frontier Land. So for those that listen on Wednesday, would like to know this. How was your first ride on Big Thunder after doing a storytelling episode on it and understanding more of what was going on? We did look for little things in the queue. And we read a lot of the signs and some of the posters. And it mentioned you know, like the great Thunder Mining Company and the Mr. Bullion. Big Thunder Mining Company. What did I say? Great Thunder Mining Company. (laughs) You know, kind of the same adjective. But it talked about Mr. Bullion, who was, you know, the head, you know, the owner of the mining company. Um, Of course, it didn't mention anything being haunted, but we did catch ourselves trying to look for some of those things. And we did find some of those clues. So maybe next time you ride it, you will too. Yep. So after Big Thunder, we went and we rode Pirates of the Caribbean. That was a immediate walk on. Oh, yeah. And that's another good one. If you're trying not to touch anything, you just kind of sit, stand, (laughs) leave. (laughs) Yep. We took a break to eat a snack at that point. We went to Sleepy Hollow and we both got corn dogs. That was kind of an early lunch and then talking about finding an area that was deserted. So we took our corn dogs and went back behind the Christmas shop. And so if you think about that area where Mary Poppins sometimes meets Mm -hmm. or where Jack and Sally meet for the Halloween and Christmas parties, that area completely empty. There was one other family back there, but there was like six tables in between us. We were sitting on opposite sides. um, Had a nice view of the castle. It was Really enjoyable. So hopefully that area would be pretty laid back for you if if you're looking for a place to space out. I will say the the seats right behind Sleepy Hollow, there were more people there. 
Well, because that's the obvious seating choice. You know, that's like the quote unquote sleepy hollow seating. So I would just say get creative and think about try to think ahead about if I get something to eat here, where's maybe a quiet place that I could go to eat it if you're trying to distance yourself when you take your mask off, which is what we were trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, After we ate, we went back to Fantasyland and rode Peter Pan, a walk on. Unbelievable. Yeah, I feel like the big hang up was in the darling's home because, of course, everyone wants to look at all the cool things that are going on. Um, But as soon as you get past that, you walked right on. We did Seven Dwarves Mind Train. And I'm glad we did. You know, I might that I had a lot of fun on that ride today. Maybe it was just because it's been a while since we rode it or I don't know, but I had extra fun on that ride today. And usually we kind of poo poo it. So I think I feel like that means a lot. It was fun. I will admit that mm-hmm. it's still not worth waiting more than 20 minutes, but it was fun. But hopefully right now you won't have to wait long. Um, from there, we went back to Haunted Mansion and we rode Haunted Mansion, which was nice. Uh, some cool air. Everybody loves that. So. I'm sure you've probably already seen by now, but they're not doing the pre-show. They're not doing the stretching room, but you do go through the queue in the stretching room and they're all stretched out. So you have a really great opportunity to see them all, you know, lit up and, and looking really nice. Lit up is a <laughs> general term. It's still very dark. Yeah, but uh yeah, Haunted Mansion was awesome. We got stopped a couple times. One was right in front of the bride. Mm-hmm. So we got to see her do her full spiel. And the other time was in front of the singing busts. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. <laughs> I was just going to call it the singing heads. <laughs> I guess the busts is probably more official. After that, we kind of ping-ponged around. We went to the castle uh, to FaceTime our niece. And my sister. And your sister. So we enjoyed doing that. And then we also rode Winnie the Pooh. Yes. And again, it is a walk on. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, we braved it and we timed it. We assumed that they were all going to be cleaning the ride vehicles on the hour every hour. So we waited until three o'clock as close as we could get to it. We got to Space Mountain and rode it immediately. And I think. They were freshly cleaned. Yeah, we can't confirm or deny that because we didn't actually see it happen like we did for the others. So we're just basing it kind of off of what we experienced on the other rides, just knowing that that was something that they did. But that was a complete walk on too, which was nice because typically when I think about Space Mountain, especially in summer months, it does feel really stuffy in some of those really long hallways. But because there weren't a lot of people and because you never had to stop, it didn't feel stuffy um, or kind of cramped and hot, which I was a little nervous about. And the the cast member who was loading us into the rocket ships actually had to wait for us because we were getting some of the hand sanitizer because it was just empty. Yeah, it was, it was, there was nobody back there at all. Um, I also forgot we got Dole Whip. Oh, we did get Dole Whip. That leads us in. That's everything we accomplished. We did the character cavalcades. We rode some rides. We ate some food. It's a pretty full day in the park. I, you know, I don't think we're park open to park closed people anymore. Especially as locals. I don't think we're going to do that too often. Especially not in July. (laughs) Especially not in July. So I think we accomplished quite a bit. We did not do any shopping. We tried to stay out of indoor areas as much as we could. Um, but we just have a few kind of tips. If you are going to the parks in this season and who knows how long this season is going to last, Mm -hmm. just some takeaways from what we had were the queue times and the queue length that you see are probably not going to look like they match. And I honestly don't think they do. A lot of times it it did seem like the times were overblown for actually how long it was. And maybe they're trying to account for if you get stopped for a cleaning, Mm -hmm. which is nice that they account for it. But like Seven Dwarves 
the line was all the way out across from Pooh, like it is on many days, yeah. normal park days. But with everybody six feet apart, it was so fast. You were almost constantly moving. And I do think there's a psychological aspect to that as well. If you're constantly moving, it goes by so much faster as well. Oh, for sure. Because you don't actually feel like you're waiting. You're just kind of walking and taking everything in. So I would say don't let long lines scare you away. Mm -hmm. Because most everything, I would be shocked if you waited more than 25 minutes for anything in any park right now. I completely agree. Yeah. Next is mobile ordering. We thought that we were so smart. We went to Target this week. We planned out what our budget was going to be to go to the parks. Went to Target, used our red card to get 5% off on Disney gift cards so that we could stay within our budget and save a little bit of money. Everywhere's making you mobile order. Yeah. And it was something that, you know, we knew that they were doing and we knew that they encouraged that. But they are strictly mobile ordering. And of course, that's not everywhere. Like with the carts, that's not possible. Sleepy Hollow, for example, that's not possible. But if you are trying to go to a Cosmic Rays or um, what are some of the other ones that I just... Aloha Isle to get a Dole Whip. Yes, you have to mobile order, which isn't a big deal. Like we had it set up and it makes sense. You know, it's less touching. And especially, you know, if you think about food, you don't really want them touching a million people's cards and then touching your food. So, you know, props to Disney, I understand. But it was something that we did not consider at all. Yeah. So we have these gift cards now and we (laughs) barely used them. We'll use them eventually. We'll find a way to use them. I mean, that's no problem at all. But uh, I would just say, be prepared for mobile order. Go ahead and get everything set up in advance. It did like sign me out at some point, and I recently had to change my password to my Disney account. And so, luckily, I had it saved in my password manager. <laughs> if I had not, because I did like the let Chrome suggest your password, oh, no. I we would have been waiting for a while. Yeah. Um, but got it done, got it ordered and it was quick. I, it was also very interested at cosmic rays. You could not enter the building unless you showed them that your order was ready. And maybe that's just because they don't want a lot of people just sitting in there with the air conditioning, just taking their mask off. And I can appreciate that too, because you know, that happens Anytime you go to Disney is people are always looking for a place to sit. They're always looking for some air conditioning. And I think maybe that's just an extra precaution that they're taking and trying to make sure that, you know, if your mask is off, it's for a legitimate reason. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to talk about is. I'm a pansy like we are both pansies. Well, I'm a pansy in a way that comfort is like one of the most important things to me. Like if a t-shirt doesn't fit right, I'll throw it away. If shorts don't fit right, I'll throw them away. Like I cannot deal with discomfort very well, probably as well as many other people can. Uh And I was a little worried about wearing a mask all day long. I, that's not to say that I ever considered not doing it. Yeah. But I was just curious about how, the mental side of it and how my body would react to wearing a mask all day. I can say that like after 30 minutes of being there, it just felt like a clothing garment to me that it was like wearing a hat or something like that, that yeah, you have to adjust it every now and then to make it comfortable for you. But I think there goes so much further. If you just tell yourself like, I don't have a choice. I'm wearing this for my safety and for the safety of other people. And because it's required, it goes so much further than if you don't give yourself any wiggle room of, oh, well, I'll find a way around it and I'll just carry a bottle of water with me the whole time so I don't have to do it. It's not that bad. We went in July. It can't get much worse than this. (laughs) And by the end of the day, we were both kind of like, all right, we... We probably need some fresh air, you know, or to get out of the sun at least. 
But that's something that we would have thought anyway, you know, with it just being so hot and with us being there for, you know, however many hours that we were there. But I completely agree. I mean, you know, the mask itself was not terrible. And we did talk about before that we were just going to go with the paper masks, but we did go with, you know, the more, um, I don't know if heavy duty is the right word, but we had the filters, we had the cloth masks, um, and everything like that. So, you know, and there are lighter options, but it didn't bother us. I'd honestly say that having my backpack and like back sweat is worse than having something on my face, you know? So just normal, you know, July heat was more annoying than having to wear the mask. Yeah. And I would, I would recommend those filters to anybody because I felt an extra sense of security because of it. I think like if I was just to wear, like we wear the paper mask sometimes to go to Publix or something to go shopping. Mm-hmm. A lot of times my thinking there is I'm protecting other people just on the off chance that I'm carrying something that I shouldn't be. I'm protecting other people. I don't know. I'm not an expert in any of this stuff. I just do what I'm told. <laughs> and the filter, whether it was real or not, made me feel more protected, which I think went so much further to me being able to adopt the mask so much easier. Well, like you said, it all goes back to mindset. Like if you go into it kind of the way that I think we approached it of like, we're just excited to go to Disney. If this is how we have to go there, then so be it. And, you know, our whole approach to our trip today was, you know, what can we do to make ourselves feel safe? And I think that's a real conversation that you can have with, you know, friends or family. If you're going with other people, just like, Hey, what are your, I guess, boundaries, you know, what are you willing to do? What types of rides, um, you know, what kind of eating? Whenever we ate, we ate outside um, just because we could just distance ourselves better, we felt. So just little things that you can do to just make yourself feel better. I think that goes a long way. So I have one last question for you. Okay. And we've we've stayed pretty uh quarantined i mean we've not gone many places at all during this entire process besides moving that was like that well, was that's our, unavoidable that was our big adventure uh- <laughs> but even then like we only got to go food didn't go to restaurants on the way down here mm-hmm. yada 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 um since being down here the only places that we've really gone would be a grocery store and like home depot Did you feel safer in Disney World than those places? Um, I'm tempted to say yes. And the reason why is because they do screen you much more than just like a grocery store does. And I think especially in Disney, and I can only speak for what I've seen, but I feel like the people who are there today... They just know like this is if we want Disney to stay open, this is what I have to do. You know, I will wear this mask. I will social distance. You know, I don't know how often people wash their hands and things like that, but it just appeared that people were just more willing to do whatever it takes more than just like your average person going to the grocery store because they need groceries. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, and I want to point out that I'm not trying to say that these are equal by any means. I know that grocery shopping is a necessity. Disney World is not a necessity at all. It's the furthest thing from it. Mm-hmm. However, I do think that's a good gauge as to just being in public. How are things set up? Like what how do you feel and and everything that goes along with that? And I, I would agree. I think that Publix and Home Depot and anywhere else we've been has given me more anxiety than Disney World did. And I did not expect that at all. I kind of expected for us to have to bail early because we were very anxious. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that, you know, 
Disney is just like a perfect bubble where everything's safe. I just think that everyone is being as cautious as possible. And sometimes if you are just running into a grocery store or, you know, a Target or something like that, because it feels so normal, people maybe aren't as cautious. So I think I think overall, it's just like a it's a positive thing on Disney that I think everyone is being so cautious. Yeah, I don't know if any of that made sense, but just thought I would throw it out there and pose that question. I have a question for you. Okay. Did you cry today? I wouldn't call it crying. Did you tear up? Yes. You're sentimental. What did it for you? Seeing Mickey. Ah. Yeah. So we waited all day long to see Mickey. We thought we'd see him walking like on a float. Thought we'd see him somewhere. We didn't know where he was. So we just camped out near the castle. And Catherine, you had the idea. Let's just walk down Main Street and we'll see what we can find down there. And maybe they're at the train station. We turn the corner and we see him. There he was. Like the light was beaming on him in his celebration (laughs) outfit. It was like my Disney fan intuition. (laughs) Just like, where is Mickey? I can sense him. He's here. Did you cry today? I teared up. I think I teared up a little when we first walked into um, just through the gates. I didn't even see the castle yet. And I was kind of just like, we made it. Like we did it. You know, because there's always just like that, you know, oh, we're running late or just like silly things. Like, are we ever going to make it? We did yell at each other this morning. (laughs) We don't do well under pressure. (laughs) But did not have a magical morning at home (laughs) as you were straightening your hair and I was pacing back and forth in the living room. Which that's also a tip. Like why I did that, nobody knows because it ended up in a ratty ponytail. But um, I teared up a little when we just like first walked in. And then, of course, seeing Mickey is like emotional. So it was a great day. It was a great day. We'll be back and, you know, maybe it'll be different with just like the general public. I don't know. Today was all pass holders. Um, I don't know if that makes any kind of difference. I feel like that makes it worse. (laughs) I feel like pass holders in general make it worse. But just like Disney, like extra Disney fanatics who were just like as happy to be there as we were. It's kind of what I mean. And not that people... Who just go normally aren't going to be as ecstatic. But, you know, I don't know if that made sense. Whatever. It was just good to be there. It was. So next Wednesday, we're Magic Kingdom again. Then the following weekend, I think it's the 18th and 19th. We are Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. And I'm excited for those. I mean, I'm excited for everything to come. I did have a revelation today in this I know this is going off the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I loved our day in Magic Kingdom today. Hollywood Studios might be my favorite park now. It's going to be super thrilling. If Hollywood Studios is going to be anything like our day today at Magic Kingdom, where you can basically walk on anything. Oh, my goodness. We are going to have to get drug out of there because we're going to be so just tied to everything, but we'll keep you posted. We're excited to, you know, live vicariously through everyone else who gets to go over the next couple of days. Well, we're not there, um, but we hope you enjoyed listening to our kind of bonus episode. We hope that if you are planning a trip, you know, hopefully some of these things that we saw and experienced today will maybe ease your minds a little. And of course, if you have questions, we'd love to answer anything that we didn't answer right now. Yep. And make sure you listen to us joining Connor for a WDW opinion. I could never have WDW in any of our branding. We fumble a lot. I can't say (laughs) if our friend Julie from double your WDW is listening. Bless you. I couldn't do it. (laughs) Can't speak. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Hope you can join us on Connor's episode. We'll be back on Monday with an interview. Yay! It's been a long time since we've had an interview and I'm super excited for For it. episode 200. Episode 200. So hope you can join us. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. We will chat with you on Monday. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. 
follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.